Today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. We're going to dig into that case a little bit with uh, PsyD psychologist Robbie Ludwig. You can find more about Robbie at Dr. Robbie Ludwig. So it's Dr. Robbie, R-O-B-I, Ludwig, L-U-D-W-I-G, drrobbyeludwig.com. Uh, her new podcast is Bite Size, B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E. Check out more there. And I've known Robbie for a long time, and she's always got some interesting insights. And there's a lot in this case. There is her website. There is her podcast. And uh, both of us have been sort of fascinated by this case for a variety of reasons on both sides, on the Johnny Depp side and the Amber Heard side. And so stick with us. We'll be right back to dig in. And we're also up on Clubhouse taking your calls. So we'll see you there. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. Hey everyone, welcome. As I said, I've got Dr. Robbie Ludwig coming in. Side E, you can find her website at Dr. Robbie, R-O-B-I Ludwig, L-U-D-W-I-G. Uh, we are listening to you. We're watching you over on uh, Clubhouse. We'll, we'll take some calls and uh, I'm up on the restream and uh, I'm seeing you all in there. Hi, thank you and welcome for, uh, you are welcomed for joining us and I've got to find the, there we go. And then we're on the Rumble Rants as well. So you can uh, message us there. I think Susan will jump in on that one. And uh, Susan, you all set for today? Hopefully somebody will come back after yesterday. <laughs> somebody meaning those that were uh, trolling you? I thought they were kind of entertaining trolls. They're not, they're not uh, just the yeah. random ones. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of your mom's house fans here too. So uh, those of you that wonder why people are greeting me as Hitler, that's a code for your mom's house. Let's, let's, bring, <laughs> let's bring Robbie in here. Dr. Robbie Ludwig, welcome to the program. It's good to see you. Oh, great to be here, Dr. Drew. So happy to be with you again. So you've been doing tons of commentary on the on the Amber Heard Johnny Depp situation. Um, where do you think it's? There's obviously a lot to be mined here. Where do you think we should start? Oh gosh, I mean, the one thing that really <laughs> fascinates me is how people responded to Amber Heard and the negativity mm -hmm. that she got and. Uh, there didn't seem to be anyone who was showing up for her in the court of public mm. opinion. So I was really fascinated by that and just how much social media played into this whole process. So I, I actually was sort of disturbed by that as well. And, and I, you know, I feel to me there were... There's, well, I don't know how to say this, but I don't think there were winners in this case per se, because all kinds oh. of psychopathology was on display on both sides. But I felt like the people love to attack what they perceive to be lying. And I don't believe oh. Amber Heard was lying. In fact, we, we saw a psychologist on the stand giving us two very specific diagnostic constructs associated with distortion. It's cognitive distortion, mm -hmm. memory distortion. Tell us, talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, I think one of the things that got missed, at least this is what I noticed from people who would reach out to me, um, you know, 
people in the Twittersphere, what do they say, Twitter, Twitter universe. Twitterverse. Would Twitterverse, say yeah. That, d- Twitterverse, yes, would say that Amber was a psychopath. Now, you and I both know mm. that's not the case. No. Or she no. was a sociopath. No. And so there's this extreme distortion and labeling, which was not accurate to what she has or who she is. And a misunderstanding, which I can understand. I mean, People in the public, when they watch this kind of dynamic, and it was reality TV, it was good guys, bad guys. Things were very yeah. black and white. Uh, you're either in favor of Johnny Depp or you're in favor of Amber Heard, and anything in the middle got lost. The people who were commenting regularly about this case. And so I thought Dr. Curry was excellent. She was one yep. of the psychologists for... Um, Johnny Depp's team who evaluated Amber Heard and said that she had borderline personality disorder, which was something I was suspecting without testing her, and histrionic personality disorder. And so borderline personality disorder back in the day used to mean that a person sometimes has difficulty distinguishing between reality and non-reality. They were the cusp of neurosis and psychosis. And so a lot of what Amber was talking about in part was her experience of the situation and her relationship with Johnny Depp and that she experienced herself as somebody who was abused and he was more powerful than she was and he behaved in these ways that were really extreme. One of the things I think we did see was that Johnny Depp verbally abused Amber Heard. We couldn't really see anything else. Um, But that point somehow got lost in the court of public opinion, and it was labeled lying. So uh, I don't know if you would see what people would say about her, but it's bad acting. She's manipulating uh, and she's lying. And so I didn't quite see it that way. But I realized that Amber Heard had a problem connecting with people. She right. Did, she wasn't likable. And I think it's hard for women to be likable anyway. So that's a, a separate issue. Um, but yeah, I it was... No, I mean, you're likable. Susan's likable. I, I, I think borderlines have trouble. And, and that actually what, what made me sad because no one suffers with the borderline disorder more than the borderline herself. Or himself, mm-hmm. they're they're often acutely aware that they're not right, that something's wrong, that they're dysregulated, that they're have trouble connecting, and 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 often, mm-hmm. you know, some of that disconnect is comes off as emotionally vacant when they when they like they're crying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Their tears often seem sort of vacant when they, when they get upset, and that's just the the dissociative quality of having a borderline disorder, and so I I'm I'm I. On one hand, I feel like Johnny and Amber did us a, a public service because it gives us a chance to talk about these disorders. Unfortunately, yeah. too much of it was sort of on a superficial level in social media and not at the level you and I are talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're really talking about it from an intellectual perspective, which hopefully more people can understand because we know that there are borderlines out there. Um, you know, they often have an anger issue. They often react 
to situations in an extreme way. Uh, they fear abandonment. All of this really heard about Amber Heard via the various people in her life uh, and the various people in Johnny Depp's life. Let me kind of ask you, and we're going to get to Johnny and all his pathology very quickly too. But I mean, obviously, there was lots of addiction. I mean, just profound alcoholism on display there. But but yeah. how do we procedurally deal with? This is something I've kind of struggled with. The fact that borderline people with borderline disorders and histrionic disorders, so she kind of had a double whammy. Mm -hmm. Will often, mm -hmm. you know, I, I I had this experience many many times as a caretaker in a psychiatric hospital where I have a perfunctory routine examination and I walk out and the borderline patient reports having been abused or mishandled or all kinds of crazy things, which is why mm -hmm. there's always somebody there with me who can corroborate yeah. the, the actual experience. But but how do we deal procedurally with that reality in a Me Too era where Me Too insists that everyone is just believed? And the reality is, it's a little more complicated than that. And how do we, how do we, how do we not lose our desire to support people who were abused, and are reporting it, and people who may be distorting, and people who may be distorting and have been abused? You know, so the, it's it's hard procedurally yeah. for me to get my head around. And back when Me Too first started going, I kept saying, God, we need some kind of way of. You know, uh, not, you don't just rubber stamp everything because it's that's that's going to get you in trouble too. And I think some of this negativity towards Amber is a backlash against that. You see, oh no, you can't. Uh -huh. You know, they sort of are frustrated with with the believe everybody when they know somebody may have you know distorted the facts. How do we deal with this? What do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you know, if we talk about cancel culture too, I think it is important mm. before we go in and, and accuse somebody of being guilty that we understand the facts. My son was in a frat and there was a report that a couple of the fraternity brothers had complaints from girls. And the way that they handled it was they completely, um, I guess, fired these, these kids or let go of these kids from the frat and then would talk about yeah. the why. And I would tell my son, that's awful. You know, we need to hear the whole story because it's not right. as simple as people think. So hopefully this right. will raise awareness that we need to seek facts before we jump in and annihilate somebody and affect their career. So I think this case is really good in that regard, that the truth is what matters. And we need to understand the difference between the truth and somebody's right. truth or distorted experience or experience. Right. And and the, the messy world of the co-created experience when two people have psychopathology, this thing we call the relationship, which is the thing that the two of them mm -hmm. do together, is a big freaking mess. It's always a big mess because they both bring their own stuff to it and it goes crazy. And uh, no, nowhere does our psychopathology come out more than in the interpersonal space, right? I mean, that's where it really comes out. So true. So true. I mean, once we're married, actually, it allows people to feel comfortable enough to be their worst self because they feel like, where's the person going? And not only that, <laughs> psychologically, we can turn our spouse into what ever we think they are, whatever we need them to be. So that kind right. of emotional dynamic can go on as well. I mean, it just, 
to me, and, and this is not a term that's really liked, uh, mutual abuse seemed to be going on, mm. where they both paid oh, sure. as good as they for got. Sure. Um, but yeah, but it's sure. interesting because this case was a bit of a popularity contest. Who do we like more? Who do we know more? Who mm. do we trust more? And it, it, right. it encouraged people, I think, to forget you know, the areas in which Johnny Depp also failed on his end as a partner. So I'm going to read you something from Michelle here in a restream and let you react. It says, the evidence showed that she lied in court of law. Uh, let's see, how is this okay? As far as drug abuse, she was a druggie too. So you know what? I can't resist. Let me do a little bit first. First of all, th there's no evidence that she was a drug addict. Borderlines do a lot of drugs. Yeah. That That is doing, doing drugs and being an addict are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, there it is. And in terms of her lying in court, this is this goes at the core of what Rob and I are talking about, the difference between lying and a distorted experience. So I'll let Robbie comment on that. Yeah. So, um, you know, when a person is talking about their experience, they can only see it through their lens. But if their lens is broken or distorted, that's the way they experience the world and themselves in mm -hmm. relation to other people. And so that's not lying. That's sharing their perspective. And somewhere in there is the truth. I think one of the problems, mm -hmm. though, is that Amber took video of herself. And once you, with Johnny Depp, and once you see something, you can't unsee it. And that will have a very large impact on the people who are, um, you know, the jurors, I imagine, and the court of public opinion. Uh, Amber came off as almost mocking that she was the one in control of the relationship. So I think to hear that she felt abused, given some of the video that we saw, it, it didn't seem to be insane or it didn't seem to make sense. Let's see what this says. As a domestic abuse, wait, wait, put that one back, Caleb. Um, as a domestic uh, violence survivor, you don't ever good your abuser like she, goad, I think she means, your abuser like she did. Uh, also trauma mm -hmm. is indelible and she changed her, I don't know what that is, her, her something. Um, well, again, we're we're not we're trying to stand back from the who's right, who's wrong, who's guilty, who's who's um, respond, you know, who's uh, you know liable. We're we're trying to just look at the pathology on display as a result of yeah, this. And yeah. and here's what I I want you guys to understand, those of you on restream that are freaking out, people like Amber Heard come see people like me and Robbie, and we have to have profound mm -hmm. empathy for them. They do horrible shit sometimes. So do the Johnny Depp's of the world. The uh, drug addicts do even more horrible mm -hmm. shit. They kill people while they're driving their cars and stuff. Our job is to find the place of empathy for these folks and understand their experience. Uh, Robbie, help me out here. Yeah, no, I agree. Listen, the court is the court, and I'm not a lawyer, and Dr. Drew, as far yeah. as I know, is not a lawyer. And so we get nope, to explore nope. the psyche in a much more expanded, layered way, because we have to. And here's another reality. A lot of um, physicians and therapists, when we have a borderline, they're like, oh, no, because they can make your life yeah. really difficult, and they're not always yeah. likable. And this no. case brings up another issue. You know, what if the person who is abused is not likable? 
because mm. not all abused women are likable. And Amber mm-hmm. did have that problem that she didn't come off as very likable for whatever reason. She seems to have problems with people in general in her life. It doesn't mean she wasn't verbally abused. Now, it doesn't make it right that she also seemed to be abusive in her own way. And there's something called right. mutual abuse, which is a very controversial topic because uh, in general, when we think about domestic violence, we think about a person in power and they inflict some kind of abuse. And then sometimes the abused person can react in a volatile way as a way to protect themselves. So it can look like violence is happening on both sides when in fact one is a reaction to the original abuse. But I don't think that happened here. I think that they both knew how to stick it to each other and trigger each other. It was just in different ways. And Amber was not as sophisticated about it. Uh, Johnny Depp, you know, also knew how to uh, poke her and trigger her. I'm not saying he was physically abusive, but there was a little bit of, of, you know, sadism there because he was so enraged and who could blame him? I'm sure he had reason to be angry. So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's yep. most important to say, let's look at this from a psychological construct where we can understand things from a different perspective that doesn't label somebody wrong and right in those simplistic terms. You know, you know, it's interesting to me, and I'm, I'm going to try to um, sort of parse this in some fashion, and maybe we can understand what's going on here. So uh, the people on my chat restream are freaking out. Their, per- their, per- their perception is that we are defending Amber Heard, which is categorically not ah. what we're doing, Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, and then what came up here, I want, this is really what I want to zero in on, there is this weird tendency for television audiences in particular to want to hold borderlines accountable and confront her behavior, which is the opposite of how you manage these people. It, it is, it is yeah. apparently to watch someone try to make a connection with a borderline. And, you know, it, it's like, it's like persuasion. Like we talked about with David McCraney yesterday. You, if you, mm-hmm. if you go, if you go at a borderline straight ahead, they will come back with the force of, you know, 50 Hydra right at you. It will go nowhere. Yeah. But if you try to make a connection, understand the experience they're having, sometimes you can you can move things in certain directions. I'll let you keep going here. But it's, it's, it's interesting to me how the world is freaking out that we're defending Amber Heard, which nothing could be farther from right. the truth. We're not defending anybody. We're just and looking at their behavior. Neither. Exactly. So Dr. Drew is not... Uh, Uh, defending her. I am not defending her, but I could see many uh, characteristics or factors going on at the same time. Like, for example, I think one of the things that contributed to Amber Heard uh, creating trouble for herself with the op-ed is that it didn't really share the whole story. So Amber, due to her character disorder, liked the idea of of presenting herself as a victim, because I'm sure she really yep. does feel that she is a victim, maybe not only yep. in, in the marriage, but just in life in general due to her own history. And she showed no awareness of herself. So it was like, mm-hmm. I'm an abused woman and 
look what happened to me, and I want to be a voice for all abused women, which I'm sure is true. Here's the issue. Okay, Amber, um, how did you contribute to this scenario? Did you do anything that might have been considered abusive? Did you want to bring him down because you were so enraged? Like, I think if she would have owned her own behavior and mixed it into the article, it would have been a much more interesting piece because it's not damsel in distress and then guilty party. It's, isn't yeah. it interesting? But I was know. abused, but, you know. but I, I didn't, I didn't behave well either. Yeah, you know how borderlines, it's all one way, all the other. So I, I've never seen a borderline yes. a spontaneously. And and by the way, because of that, I blame, listen, I don't think what she did was right at all. So in terms of defending her, mm -hmm. let me be super clear, not right what she did. But the newspaper yeah. that published it and the editorial people that played into it, they are disgusting. They are truly villainous in this whole thing. This was a sick person mm -hmm. that they used to get more viewers and to get their paper filled. That's, That's right. disgusting. That's so, right. so I don't think what she did was right at all, but it was not villainous the way, because she's just sick. She's got all kinds of stuff going on. And it's what, this is what yeah. they do. But to have this paper push that out there as a fact, uh, as though it was completely an unassailable truth, that is disgusting. And so that's where I draw the line. Um, but, right. you know, but, but by the same token, I, I understand and I'm empathic towards what happens to borderlines. I, people were just uh, talking about what I was doing with Trisha Paytas, who's had got severe borderline disorder and has been suffering mm. with it for a long time and does some crazy, awful stuff in her thing. Um, but mm -hmm. she's working on it. She's trying. And, you know, as, as clinicians, our job is to come in and support the, the growth and development, not to exacerbate their condition. And, and they, people just right. can't get their head around what that is. It's so interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's complicated, right? I mean, we both yeah. have worked in psychiatric hospitals. So we have worked with severely mentally ill patients. And we can't expect mm -hmm. the public to understand what that looks like and what it means to be well, in the and Robbie, of let me interrupt you. I want, to, I want to interrupt you a little bit. And unfortunately, you have like Dr. Phil's and people like that out there being abusive to people with psychopathology. And not that he doesn't mm -hmm. do good TV, he does, but he's not doing psychology. He's he is he is reenacting their stuff, and and God bless him. Uh, but but people think that's what we should be doing, and that is that I could never. It's just ethically I couldn't do that because I know that's not. It hurts them. It hurts them. Yeah. And, and so Dr. Phil will say himself, he never wanted to be a clinician because it, it wasn't fast enough, you know, that he couldn't deal with the slowness of people getting well. And it can, it can happen over a long period of time. But I just wanted to your yeah. point where borderlines don't serve themselves well. If we look at the video that Amber took of herself, she looks horrible. Mm. Like, why would anyone take video that makes themselves look bad, that makes themselves look abusive? Um, so there's a part of her that engenders that kind of punishment. So on some level, she must feel, I deserve to be abused, either consciously or unconsciously, because the content she put out there did not serve her well. I, I just wonder if that's just more of the distortion, uh, that, that she is so distorted in that moment of what 
you know, her experience of what he's doing, mm -hmm. and poor me, I'm a victim, that of course everyone would have the same experience, which is one of the more, for borderlines, that's one of the startling, and, and histrionics too, that's sort of their, they, they, mm -hmm. they really can't get that other people aren't experiencing what they're experiencing. They, they really think that, you know, no, 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 that you, you'd understand too if you were in my shoes, like, no, no, we wouldn't. That's your unique experience because of what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. And that's really where borderlines get themselves in trouble, I think. Mm -hmm. One of the places. Because they don't seem to be responding to what actually is going on. And they experience right, right. they experience events in this paranoid way, in this way where right. they feel they're being left or attacked or mistreated. And they are very easily triggered because you know, some people really feel, um, kind of newer studies suggest that having borderline personality disorder uh, very often is caused by a chaotic childhood where there probably was a lot sure. of trauma that of interfered with them developing the way they needed to develop. And also when you're very beautiful, let's face it, Amber Heard is gorgeous. There's something about the iciness of her looks that makes her appear um, you know, manipulative. Oh, interesting. I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but I think that is an interesting observation. And, and, and I think it is that, you know, not, not all borderlines look like Amber Heard, but they use what's at their disposal. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, yeah. and I, I, I want to emphasize for people. Yeah, but there's also women that are beautiful are also in abuse situations a lot more too, and they don't get, um, they don't get, I found from what I experienced, they don't get really the uh, respect because they are beautiful. It's sort of like, oh, well, you deserve it because you, you, you know, you're hot or you, you dress like that or you, you know, you drive him crazy. Yeah. Or know, people just the, think like, how could it be so bad? Right. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You guys are not making sense. No, I mean, be, being beautiful has, <laughs> is there's a, there's a big part of it in here and being an actress and, and having her looks. Well, I, I think being beautiful is evocative for men, right? Right. And evocation is one of the things that borderline sort of thrive on. Uh, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, you tell me more about how, Susan, you think that would work. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, they they put up with more because the beauty or whatever. But they are also just being beautiful. Sometimes you're not able to convince people that something bad is happening to you because it's like, well, how could that happen? I think you? that I think that was a long time ago. I think now it's gone. I think I hope it's gone the other way. Yeah, now. but she brings up the beauty factor. Let her go into okay. that because I okay. that is an interesting point because when somebody is, is really hot. It, is it changes everything. Before Robbie does that, let me just say that that I, I want people to understand that are struggling with the, people seem to really be struggling with what Dr. Dr. Ludwig and I are talking about, which is that just think about it this way. Our experience is not just sensory information coming from the outside world. It's very much colored by our internal experience of what's going on in our feeling states that are emanating from our body, our heart, our emotional states. And it colors how we perceive and lay down memories. All of us do that. Borderlines really are, are, are victims of that. Literally, they can't, they can't, they, they know it's a, it's a, it's a unregulated area that, they, that they're, that they're, well, sometimes they don't, uh, but oftentimes they knew, at least know they're unregulated. But, but go ahead, Robbie, talk about the, the beauty piece. What do you, what's your perception on that? 
Um, well, listen, I'm, I'm sure Amber used her beauty to her advantage. And, and why shouldn't she, right? I mean, it's, you know, her beauty and her sexuality to kind of use as, as she wishes. But I think that there's a very high expectation for women. And it's very easy not to like a woman. Uh, and I'm not just saying in the, in this kind of case, but, you know, I, I do think men get a pass at being more likable. There was a study once that, that found um, women like men better and men like men better. And I always I, I've seen that because yeah. And yeah. it's just there's a lot of truth to that. So and, and yeah. we look historically and culturally what we want women to be. We want women to be the ideal mother. We want them to be. Um, virtuous. We want them to be good. And unless uh, there's, they're behaving in that way and hitting all the marks, it's very easy to say um, they're manipulative or they asked for it or because we don't want to kind of recognize that, um, you know, women can't be on this pedestal, you know, and that there are a lot of good women out there who are also flawed. But I I think in general, it's easy to um, go in for an attack. Now, I, I don't think Amber helped herself because I think there was a part of her that wanted, you know, knew she was beautiful and it worked to her advantage and to her advancement. And there was a self-centered yeah. quality about Amber. And one could sense or imagine, and maybe this has to do with the borderline lack of empathy, but there was a mm. sense that she was in it for herself. She's always looking out for herself. Everything she does is for herself. And that's not a likable quality. And that's something the court of public opinion will turn on you for. And that wasn't quite the sense with Johnny Depp. You know, even though he revealed that he was had drug issues and he did things he wasn't happy or proud about. First of all, he acknowledged it. He acknowledged his flaws. And there was something really likable and warm and charming about him. And, you yeah. know, we give men passes for what we don't have the same expectations of them. Well, I, I agree with you. It's interesting that, you know, and, and what you're, you know, we got to remember that both borderline and histrionic are narcissistic disorders. So there's narcissism woven mm -hmm. into, you know, the, these conditions one way or another. But, but you are right um, that you know borderlines, it, the alcoholics, and that sort of zone can be very charming and appealing, and you can easily feel sorry mm -hmm. for them. They have this thing that's out of control, yeah. and they know it, and they feel bad about it. While borderlines sort of don't know all that's get affecting them; they just know they're not right, and they have trouble. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not used to borderline sort of copping to things. They they kind of know something's not right, and they end up in trouble, yeah. and the relationships are messy, and they and they feel bad about it. But to get a to, you know an alcoholic can tell you, yeah, that night I drank too much, and I yelled, and I'm ashamed, and I was blacked out, and there's all mm -hmm. these very very specific things. And when they're not yeah. in their illness, when they're not intoxicated, they they can seem very constituted, and the borderline doesn't get that. Uh, you know, they're, they're always in it, <laughs> they're, more or less. Yeah. They're, they're always in the borderline process. I just want to say something, Dr. Drew, because I think that this would help the audience understand kind of our position of not necessarily yeah. uh, 
uh, taking Amber Heard's side, but let's take somebody who is schizophrenic, right? Somebody who has yeah. a thought yeah. disorder and they really believe that um, the TV is talking to them and telling them yeah. to eat a million calories a day or whatever. Usually it's like they feel yeah. they're getting special messages. If you were to ask yeah. them, they would say, the TV spoke to me. I actually heard it. I saw it. And mm-hmm. um, that is my experience. It happened. And that's what gets lodged into their memory. Was the TV talking to them? No, it was a byproduct of a misfiring brain or you know, a, a psychiatric disorder that impacts the brain and, and how the brain experiences uh, reality, right? Or non-reality. Mm-hmm. When you ask mm-hmm. them, they're going to tell you what their truth is, but it doesn't mean it happened. So it's similar with Amber Heard. And, and what something you said early on, you talked about the notion of a borderline disorder being on the cusp of neurosis and yeah. psychosis, which is exactly mm-hmm. where the term came from. It used, it used to actually be called borderline psychotic. That was the original term, borderline yeah. psychotic. Meaning they yeah. they don't they have a kind of a weird thought disturbance. It's not as frankly delusional or as frankly hallucinatory as a schizophrenic, but it's it's a distortion like that. And yeah. uh, and if we're going to condemn all of them for their illnesses, people like you and me are. Uh, I mean, I feel you know they, they, we we can treat this stuff. It can get better, and and you can hold her accountable for not getting treatment. I'm always up for that. But Johnny Depp, same thing. You know, you you can get treatment, you can participate in treatment, you will get better. Dialectical behavioral therapy really works for borderline. There's all kinds of treatments for the for the uh, alcoholic addict. If you get in there and embrace it, good. But if you reject it, well, I can understand people kind of condemning you for that. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, we don't like to see people who seem to benefit from a relationship and then um, engage in abusive behavior. We don't want to see that, especially with somebody who is a beloved star who had a very different type Mm -hmm. of connection. It was so interesting, Dr. Drew, I was doing court TV Mm -hmm. last night and there was an interview with the lawyer, Ben Chow. Is that his name? Chu? Ben Chu? Anyway, he was one of the lead lawyers, um, who was sitting next to Johnny Depp and they had such a rapport with one another. At one point, they fist pumped one another. It was caught on camera. And what I did not know before this interview is that Johnny Depp had worked with this legal team before. So he had worked in, in with England. this amazing legal team. Yeah. So he had already mm-hmm. had a relationship with them. He already had a mm-hmm. connection. But seeing that he was able to connect with so many people and and be likable and well-loved, you know, that registers with people. And we assume, oh, he's so lovable, then, um, you know, we're more inclined to, to feel maternal towards him or to want to protect him. I need to take a little break here. And uh, Caleb, I want to ask you before we go to break, We've had people in other countries who watch our stream who are interested in accessing GenuCell. Do we have a, a mechanism for them to do so now? I'm actually, I'm checking with the company to make sure. I know there's certain workarounds that people have found of ways to get it ordered to uh, Australia and other countries, but uh, I'm working with it, trying to figure out how their distributors work. 
Okay. Well, let's uh, take a little break. Robbie, thank you. We're, we're not going thank away. Thank you for supporting our supporters. Yes. Uh, and uh, we appreciate it. This is a good product, too, thank goodness. And you'll, you will appreciate it. We only way, have the best The way here. Susan, Caleb, and I do. And by the way, <laughs> you know, I, I've been very focused on hydration products lately. You'll hear my story of woe sometime yeah. soon. Well, we um, need so, a new sponsor. So I've never, <laughs> I've never felt that stuff is more important than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But we'll but, take a little break. We're going to talk a little sale. We'll be back with Dr. Robbie Ludwig after this. Don't know where to start on your skincare journey either. We all have that something we'd like to take care of. For me, it's the under-eye bags and puffiness when I don't get enough sleep and the dryness here. Thankfully, I discovered Genucel. I started with their serum for under-eye puffiness and then found their Genucel XV moisturizer, which dramatically changed my face's texture. After only a few uses. For Susan, she hates the annoying area under her nose during allergy season. She tried everything, but no matter what, her skin is dry and flaky and nothing seemed to help till she found Genucel's Silky Smooth XV Moisturizer, soaked right in, she was hooked after one use, and now loves all of their other products. Genucel uses a proprietary base formulated by a pharmacist and clinical levels of botanical extracts for the best skincare money can buy. Genucel products are cruelty-free, natural, and made in the USA. I cannot think of a better set of products to take care of my skin. Plus, they guarantee happiness with all of their products, See results you love guaranteed or your money back. Try Genucel's most popular package today and use code DREW for 10% off your entire order. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com and code DREW for 10% off. And we are back. We're Dr. Robbie Ludwig again. I, I can tell you for sure that under eye cream works. Yes. That for the bags. And the, the, I put it on it like shrink. I... Everybody needs that occasionally. And the Shamanix. But uh, you know what else is good is there. Um, Susan like Paulina the likes under the eye, eyelash stuff. Paulina yeah, Paulina just walked in. in. She yeah, stole she the eyelash yeah. stuff. But the other eye cream that's really good is the whitening under your eye cream. Uh, like if you have dark circles. Is that the vitamin C It thing? actually works. No, these no. are the eye creams. They have really good eye creams. Those two are really well, there you go. substantial. So thank you for, to them and thank you all for supporting them. Uh, we're back with Dr. Robbie Ludwig. It's D-R-Robbie, R-O-B-I Ludwig, L-U-D-W-I-G. The podcast is Bite Size, B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E. Do check it out. And um, why don't we go to some phone calls? You up for that, Robbie? Yeah, a lot of people totally. here today. This is really interesting. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so excited. We have such a big. Well, uh, I, I'm learning something too. As, as Robbie and I discussed this, we we are two clinicians talking about the phenomenology of people with pathology, and people experience that as taking sides or defending somebody, which it is most certainly mm. not. Uh, however, we are charged with going into the room and empathizing deeply with people with horrible pathologies of all kinds. <laughs> uh, and that's how we get them better, not by hammering them over the head. That makes them worse. Yeah. And it makes them better when you can establish that rapport. We just did an hour with David McCraney yesterday about persuasion. It's the same phenomenon. I remember I told you it was the same thing when I talked to him. But that um, I've always taken the position that, look, once you push back on treatment to the point that you harm somebody, well, now it's in the legal system. Now now I have no opinion. Now it's, mm -hmm. it's on the system. So if you drive drunk and you didn't do your fourth step or whatever it is, or you didn't see your therapist and you've been resisting treatment and screwing around, it's on you. That's it. Now, you're not responsible for your disease. You're responsible for your recovery. That's sort of the way I always looked at it. Mm. And it becomes, you know, then I leave it to the courts after that. Then it's not, it's not my thing. It, it's a, uh, and it's very, and it's sad when that happens, frankly. So, I'm curious, uh, Lizzie, if, I'm going to bring you up here. Go I'm ahead. I'm curious if you guys have seen this show, <laughs> Crazy Ex Girlfriend. 
which is uh, of course uh, very very uh, my my favorite depiction of a borderline personality disorder and recovery yeah. from it. Yeah, she 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 was. I, you know, I've struggled with that with her. She, she was not. Well, Robbie, let you comment. Did you see that show? I have not seen the show. Okay, but I'll take your word is, is for she, it. She, 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 she gets she, enough crazy during the day. Yeah, she behaves in a borderline manner in relation to her relationship problems. So I, I'm not sure I could call her a borderline disorder, but there's definitely this this quality. And and by the way, she's kind of describing an early, you know, late adolescent, early adulthood relationship, and and that's how everyone behaves during those years. You all behave borderline, which is sort <laughs> that's of that's true. Sort of I did right, and and so, I will admit to that. And so it it I had a hard time really saying it was per se an explanation of borderline, but it does show you how people can kind of get carried away. Let's put it that way. So Lizzie, go ahead. What's up, Lizzie? Oh, um, can you hear me? We got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I, I am so like grateful. I've been waiting to hear you discuss this um, uh, uh, trial. Mm. Um, I actually spoke with you like about a month and a half ago. I was the girl that uh, brought up the movie you narrated, Divorce Corp. Uh, oh, yeah, Corp. Divorce Corp, right. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I had every plan of being here every day and uh not to make this too dark but my my father uh passed away oh, um of covid Ugh. uh 19 Awful. which is in, totally insane in new york city mm. he was uh vaxxed boosted all of that it's mm. a very i'm a very shocking thing mm. um so anyway um the, so johnny depp and amber heard in my opinion are involved in something i call a relation shit <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's what I yeah that. yeah uh, we would agree we would agree but but you know what it makes me think Lizzie there's something I did want to talk to Robbie about it which is you know our fittedness in relationships and why we pick the partners we do because it's it's mm -hmm. often the sickest part of ourselves that is attracted to the least healthy um, part of another person one sort of, hundred thousand yeah. percent <laughs> and and so this is I'm, i i want to just tell my story briefly okay. like um and and i i just the idea of if i'll explain what i've been doing for the past days so why this is so crazy and amazing that i'm, I'm able to speak to you both right now dr ludwig and um you dr drew okay. um so i at a, a very young age unfortunately uh got involved in a relationship mm -hmm. <laughs> um and had a child um mm. with a I didn't even know the word uh, narcissist. I think I said that the last time I spoke to you at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. I only knew of it as like narcissistic, like, mm -hmm. you know, vain, not lacking empathy. Also, I just want to say that these cluster B personality disorders um, and that's narcissism, borderline, you know. Sociopath. Um, yep. Uh, I, I actually think this is sort of the problem. They cause a lot of trouble for a lot of people. And I do agree. There's like a line of like, yes, of course I have empathy, but they are like, like even from Trump to Putin to, you know, I suspect that these people do have cluster B personality disorders and they're, they, they are, can really harm other people. Yes. Um, and, and even people would have like substance abuse disorder or other little things. And they seem to find your weaknesses and will really emphasize them. And they can be very powerful yes, and they can really get into situations yeah. of 
extreme power. And, so, Lizzie, um, Lizzie, let me tell you so, one okay, thing. Yeah, let me just tell you. Yeah, I, I yeah. you know, I was working in the psychiatric hospital when the cluster B sort of pandemic emerged. So mm -hmm. I watched the admitting mm -hmm. sheets going from all the different personality disorders to clustering around cluster B all of a sudden. And that happened in the late 80s and early 90s. And then by the mid 90s, only cluster B came into the hospital. It was it was really very striking. And what I noticed was all the borderlines came in with a minimum of 20 lawsuits under their belt. And yep. so that mm -hmm. is the that is the evidence of people with cluster B using this system, our system. Yep. Yep. to be cudgels, to punish. And and it's not just borderlines. The sociopaths yep. do it, histrionic now. And we, because we had a really pandemic of destroyed families and childhood trauma, guess mm -hmm. what? We got a lot of this stuff going here. I actually wanted to write a historical treatment on this. And the only period of history that I could find that was similar was pre-revolutionary France. And mm -hmm. so I, I've been mm -hmm. saying for a time that I wanted to put a chapter together that about... There was going to be guillotines. I just knew. It. I knew there'd be mob <laughs> action, and now we have cancel culture. That's the modern guillotine. There, there's and, a great book yeah. by a guy named Doctor, uh, or he's a lawyer and and a psychologist. I think his name's Bill Eddy. He's written a couple books, and they're about the fact that one. This is a crazy statistic. One hundred percent of people engaged in lawsuits. 100% of either one or both parties has a person a severe personality disorder. Courts know it. Uh, the lawyers know it. They they know that and that's Well, they they've caught up with it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. I'm not willing to accept 100% but but they Maybe. caught up with it and they've put provisions in place to limit some of the acting out. But that now people have spilled out into the general society and are doing yeah. it all over the place, and so yeah, I totally agree with you, Lizzie. It, it's a thing. Um, so here, so here, can I ask my question? Sorry, yeah. I'm so oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. So in my particular case, which has been going, it's a custody case, mm. and it's been going on now for over a decade, and my ex is an actor. <laughs> um, in fact, there is I can see from my window. Um, a massive billboard of his show. Um, oh no! Right now. Yeah, I mean, I, that, how that's did that happen? Problem. Well, because I live like in smack in the middle of Hollywood, <laughs> but um, but 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 just to to the level of like you know success he he has, and essentially what he's done. So there, the two questions. So I'm so. Okay, when we, I, I actually fought to have a custody evaluation done, and that those people can be very corrupt as well. Mm -hmm. And what came out in the cross examination of of this custody evaluator, who did not have a PhD, was not even a member of the board of medical association. She was just a charlatan. Uh, she had suppressed the results of um, the, you know, the I guess the MMPI, those very long mm -hmm. uh, uh, personality tests. Test, yeah. Yes, that I believe also Johnny Depp and Amber Heard took that that Dr. Curry uh, referred to, mm -hmm. um, um, and so she so she 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 focused on my ADHD. She, she didn't say anything about me in that regard, but she really glossed over my ex and his now wife's uh, personality. So my his his wife now had four or five questions out of the normal range, and his results, which she concealed, um, were, were this. Uh, deception detected no conclusion could be made one way or another uh, I, I like what is that that's uh is that a narcissist a sociopath mm, hard I, to I, know that's what, it's 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 is what it is it is what it is it's no you can't conclude it literally it's is what it says it is you can't conclude <laughs> right 
So, well, so here's here's my my question. Okay. Or, or my, All so, right. Get, well, get to it, Lizzie, so, and I'm going to put okay, you back sorry, in the sorry. audience. So go ahead. So Amber Heard made this big point about, um, you know, the, I represent all women who have been abused and this and that. And and what struck me about the whole thing is that for 11 years, I have just been trying to find somebody that will help me with my case of a person that was has a narcissistic injury by me and it's just he's been withholding my kid i mean he stole my kid and so the thing is yes they're famous and they have access to all this but if you're just a regular person you don't have the access to get to bring in experts or to even have somebody to represent you in a civil case because you're not entitled to a lawyer and i that that is my struggle. So I've been like looking at YouTube, all these lawyers. Mm. Uh, maybe one of them will help me. Mm. Um, that's the that's kind of a, a, an issue, I think, as well. I, um, I agree. So, it, it is. Yeah. I'll let, let Robbie. Let's let Robbie react here. But I, I, it's horrible when both parents are taken away from either parent taken away from a child. That that's awful. Yeah, I mean, listen. I work with patients who it's more divorce cases where they will say that they really believe that women are not treated the way they should, that kind of their belief. But when it comes down to the actual legalities, that they may not benefit because there's something male voice or how they present themselves that is heard louder and clearer. You know, and listen, I, I, I wish you the best. I hope you get the right attorney and the right support for yourself because this may be a marathon rather than what well, already a is has run. been and, for her yeah it, it's 11 yes. years she and, says it's been going on but but i it, it really i i hate to distill this down to a male female thing i i think it's about money i think it's about money if, if you can, well, if you can afford too. to over Absolutely. yeah if you can overwhelm somebody with buying a bunch of defendants and attorneys and all this stuff you can just that's the way the yes. legal system works you can overwhelm people by spending yeah. more money and i i'm fearful that that's what she's talking about here and that is really so sad and maybe robbie speak to how it ruptures the child they they you know i don't care how What's going on with mom? When yeah. you pull the child away from mom, that is bad times. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully somewhere along this process, um, you know, two people can really understand that a child just wants to have a relationship with both parents. Um, and they want both of their parents to be able to co-parent together because it's very traumatic for them and they will internalize if they're told that one parent is bad and they don't have access to them, they will internalize yeah. that and feel that they are bad as well. So more education right. out there, I would recommend you getting the right support for yourself through advocacy groups and um, stay in it and, and continue to tell your truth. Do you, do you have any specific advocacy groups? I hate to put you on the line for that, but I, there's got to be stuff Gosh. out there. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, there aren't coming to mind, but I'm sure if you Google and look for um, alienation, parental alienation groups, that can be tremendously helpful. And I know that there are documentaries being done on the pain that happens when one parent is alienated from their child. Um, by the other parent and look at that. See if that could be a helpful resource for you. Okay. 
Okay, and this is uh, boom green. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Um, oh, it's just so hard. I know. I know. I know. I, I did right, a Dr. documentary I about mean, this. I, That's what Lizzie was talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, money is a real factor here. And we see mm. that, you know, the, the brilliance of Johnny Depp's team and how they understood the case and, and you know, how to seek a truth. And ultimately, I think watching cases is good because we want to continue the conversation. How do abused women or men get a chance to tell their story and be heard? And the truth, when you share the truth, then you are not defaming the other person because the mm. truth is the truth. And what people may need to do is, is document their truth and have advocates um, also provide support. But as long as we are continuing the conversation about defamation and abuse women or men not being silenced, we are moving forward as long as we can have a conversation. It doesn't even matter. It's even better if there's disagreement. Then we could really understand the, the layered issues that we're dealing with and how does one find the truth when it's challenging or it might be challenging to prove. Or, or it might not be, you might have to kind of realize, you know, somebody's blacked out, somebody's distorting. We may not get the truth. <laughs> the right. truth is I just right. found it astounding yeah. that he would he would pay all this money to take it to court, you know, and fight yeah. her yeah. because it is very very expensive. Oh, for sure. I mean, whenever you you know when somebody hey, Dr. Drew. we've experienced that ourselves and we never were able to sue. We wanted to, but we couldn't, you know. But he and then he put yeah, himself out there. Yeah, sometimes it's so, not worth it. Yeah, but it but but it's this. just amazing the that the court of public opinion, okay. Johnny Depp played it right because. Whether he lost or won in the court of law was almost irrelevant. What he showed mm -hmm. is he has star power and fans that are willing to come out and support him. And if you follow mm -hmm. the money, that equals movie deals. And, you know, the, the movie bigwigs might have felt, you know, he can't do movies anymore because, you know, of all the information, all of his issues. But now he's bankable again. And so he can make all of that money back very easily um, because he chose to air everything. It's interesting. Uh, Josh, what's going on? Hey, Dr. Drew. Um, I have some uh, ideas that I thought I'd just comment on or okay. ask a question about. Okay. Um, even though they're, they were fighting in court and you see them in court, I, I picked up something from Amber that I wanted to, to say. Okay. And that is she seemed wrapped up in him even though oh, sure. they're fighting. And so when you see that, you obviously go to weakness, mental weakness, codependency, love addiction, whatever that is. Mm. But I, I feel like she is still wrapped up in Johnny Depp. And... Um, Wait, you know what, Josh? I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, that's it's actually what you've just laid out is a rather profound statement. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And I think you are 100% right. And Robbie is the perfect person to talk about this. So so give it a second here, and uh, let me have her go ahead. I mean, it's a really interesting observation, right? It is, and um, I think they both are invested in having a negative relationship with each other because if they weren't, they would let it go. So they both have an investment in 
staying attached and they can only stay attached in a negative way. And maybe right now through the- Well, let, let me stop. I want to stop you though. But but you, you pointed out already how uh, Johnny Depp had a secondary gain in all of this that he played perfectly, right? And be able to get back in movies and yeah. things like that. She doesn't have that secondary gain. Her only gain is staying attached, as you say, in this pathological way, in this dance that is so sick. But that's that's for a borderline, that's preferable to losing somebody. That's the that's one of the really right, serious right. problems for borderlines. They can't they can't let go. They can't do it. Right. Right. Because that would be abandonment. So negative attention Correct. is better than no attention at all. And maybe in her mind, the fact that I mean, financially it might hurt her, but she may feel he really also wants to be with her on some level. And I don't know, Dr. Drew, do you think maybe at one point they might make a movie together when they're older and they look back on this and decide <laughs> to forgive each other? It, I hope not, <laughs> but, but I, because I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I, but but it, I'm sure it would be an interesting marquee. In other words, people would be fascinated by it. The insurance policy so, yeah. would be sure huge. It would be impossible. <laughs> What's for up, me, guys? like for, for Amber, the first thing, I'm not a psychologist, mm -hmm. but I like to pretend to be one. <laughs> but when, when I look at Amber Heard, the first thing I would want to do is how can we get you out of out of the enmeshment with yes, Johnny Depp. Yes, that's right. To start focusing yeah. just on your stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what you, you would know? do. That's and one. And that's of the impossible. I mean, that's so hard to do. I mean, Correct. it's really, really hard to it's do. It's really hard. That's right. And and then that's um, and that's and that's empathic to understand that that is so hard for somebody like. Do Amber. you think that because it was so traumatic, she can't let go, or? So is, is there a trauma bond in addition? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably. Right, Robbie. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'm sure that's a component of it. And, and just the reality yeah. of when you're sued, you have to think of the other person, you, you know, you can't yeah. get rid of them. And there's this fantasy that somehow the court of law, um, will reveal the truth. So, and will resolve the issue. And we know that's not the way it works, even in divorce cases, mm. right? The judge can't fix an issue just because people get divorced. It doesn't mean that they don't have contact or some kind of connection together. So um, it's really interesting. I, yeah, it is. And, yeah. and Caleb, is, Caleb is putting up here a lot of comments from people, Susan, to your point, that the, the, it, some of the, the beauty involvement here is starting to kind of play out and where people are saying they're having, they have trouble being taken seriously. Right, exactly. So is it because they or figure you're just you're, a crazy bitch? You're sort of given so much because you're beautiful. What, what is the feel? What is the, what is the, what does that come from? What do you think that is? You know, I think it's it's on a case-by-case -case basis, but I, maybe it could be a little bit of envy, right? Because mm, women who are mm, beautiful mm, have power, and if they mm. don't know how to use it to their advantage, then that's not no, there you go. So there's I think a you're lot right. of blaming yep, I think that's right. that goes on. Yeah, I think that's it. And and explain, I'll let you talk in a second, Caleb, but I want her to shine a, shine a focused light on... Because I'm not everyone gets the idea that that's envy, that the blame. I, I get it, but explain how that's envy. So, what do women want? You know, want to be valued and appreciated and loved, and beauty is associated with that, right? The more beautiful you are, there's the assumption that you're more lovable or you have more options or you have more power and more seductive abilities. And if you're not using that correctly, or if you're misusing it, then you deserve to be punished. There's, there's a blaming 
because there's this idea, well, you're so beautiful, you shouldn't have these problems. But I could tell you, I've met some of the right. most beautiful women yeah, in the world. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, Susan, I think that's it. I think no, it's exactly true. Right. And, yeah. you know, it. Yeah. I mean, I knew a bunch of beautiful women and I, I saw that. It's like you aren't taken seriously. and It's, it's not not taken seriously. Think about it. it it's You're missing the point Or it's point like a you bit. kind of deserve it. it right. Or... It's, it, it, that if I looked like you, I wouldn't let that happen to me or I would right. behave differently. Right, right. And that's envy. It's that, your that's, own a, fault. that's a gross That's a gross emotion. That's disgusting. That you deserved it. Mm-hmm. it. It comes out as you deserved it. It's, it's really more you're misusing something I wish I had and I wouldn't misuse it, which is yeah. nonsense. And then there's also beautiful women aren't taken seriously for being intellectual either at times. Yes, I think that's true. And that's maybe, true. You're, maybe you're making this up. Well, that uh, didn't really happen. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, Caleb, you had to say something there. Oh yeah, just something brief, which I hope doesn't come across in the wrong way, but it's something that I had to learn with my wife. My wife is, you know, if you've seen photos of her, she's very attractive. She's a very beautiful woman. And I fell into that same trap where I would always question whenever she would complain about things. I'm like, well, how can it really be that bad? Like you're, you are like in my head, I'm imagining that she can't possibly have problems. That's why I seem like, I feel like I understand what Susan is saying here, where it's like, it was my natural reaction, even though I loved her for a very long time until she explained it to me that this has been happening all her life that people always assume that she never has problems and that all of her problems are diminished and much lower because they just think, oh, well, she got, she has this lucky genetics to be beautiful. And so everything must be easy for her. And why would she complain about anything at all? I think think people do this same, they do that same math with money and fame. So exactly. money, fame, beauty right. gets the same That's sort true. Of thing. That's true. Right. Uh-huh. There's a lot of money involved here too. But at, mm-hmm. at the so same time, at the same time, I do agree with a lot of the people that are commenting that are saying that, yes, that, that might be true, but it may not apply so much to this situation with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp because they, it was more of a money thing, a money and power thing for them because they're both, they're both stars. You know, it was, it, it kind of went more in that yeah. direction. They were both in the shitter though. They were both having trouble, but anyway, we don't know. Yeah. We weren't, we aren't there. But you have to, be to fair. remember too, yeah. in a relationship, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it just ends up being two people. It doesn't matter what the outside world sees. It doesn't matter the That's money. Right. It doesn't, you know, those all, right. those things are part of the picture. But at the end of the day, you're just with another person, another flawed person, and they get a flawed person. And yep, um, that's right. Things play out do, would depending you wanna, on how do you wanna, everybody a little flawed. <laughs> well, everyone is a little flawed, and as as uh, yes. you know, uh, floor. Florence Henderson's husband was a therapist, a psychotherapist, and I, I, years ago I spoke to him, and he goes, he goes, oh no no, you're right that the sickest attracted to the sickest part of somebody is sort of what what happens in relationships. But if you have process, that's what makes relationship exciting and interesting, and you know, so it, it's not just you know we all have our stuff, but you've got to be working on it in in the context of keeping the relationship as healthy as possible, or it will. And, mm-hmm. and again, if you come together with too much stuff, it it always unravels. If you're not getting a lot of treatment. Yeah. The healthier you are, the better chance you have at being with a partner who's healthier for you. You need to do the work even before you enter into a relationship. Ideally. Very true. I think Susie wants to say something. Okay. I'm thinking about something like when you were talking, how Josh was saying how she's like enmeshed with him or whatever. Yes. But um, I think about like how if somebody like if I'm, if I, 
if I don't like somebody now, I can just walk away. Right. I can just say, okay, gone, friend, right. friendship gone, mm-hmm. not dealing with this, don't like this behavior. Mm-hmm. But when I was in a relationship that was abusive, I could not stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about him. I couldn't get away. Like I, it took years for me to just get him out of my head. A lot of therapy too, but, but just how there's something. I, explain trauma bond because. You know, you're explaining how bad Johnny Depp was, and she's she's really enmeshed with him, and she could have anybody else. You know, she could move and on. And he with you her. I mean, she's but he with yeah. her too. So they both were drawn to each other, and both had traumatic backgrounds. And to me, it's so interesting because Johnny would talk on stand that his mother was the meanest person on earth. And he finds Amber, who was treating him really mean and cruel. And yet this was the woman who he married. He had his children with another woman that he never married, that he would describe on interviews as she's such a good mother. So it's almost like he had a certain kind of awareness that he wanted to have his children with a healthier person. But there was something exciting about Amber because it's it's repetition compulsion, right? We're drawn to Mm -hmm. what's familiar and we want to repeat it and get it right. But it's like Casablanca, right? The more you watch it, it doesn't change the ending. It's the same ending (laughs) that's frustrating. And so it sounds like that's a little bit what happened in this relationship. She had an abusive parent. He had an abusive mother. And they were off to the race. Susan, does that relate for you? Or you're really just talking about trauma bonding per se. I don't. I've never heard of trauma bonding. That's what oh, you never heard of that? No. I mean, I've heard the word, but I haven't heard the description of it. What it? Somebody well, wrote on here: two people working out their dysfunctional family dynamics well, of course. from their childhood. Well, that's everybody. That's what everybody does. That's all humans. But but uh, I think was... like when you're really when you fear for your life, when somebody like almost kills you, and you you have to fight for your life. And you, it's hard to get away. I don't know what it is. It's like it's the it's the repetition compulsion. You're going back and repeating. And also the, the seduction. These people can be tremendously seductive, and it's often yeah. a cycle. Sociopaths, you know, but the psychopaths. Yeah. So they they say the right thing. They know how to be a supportive partner at times. And I think the person caught in that trauma bonding or with an abusive person. Um, you know, there was this, I, I always thought, like, when I wrote my book about marital homicide, I was like, did these people unconsciously, were they suicidal? Did they really want to die? And they just married somebody who did it for them? And I found out that was not the case, that in some cases, abusive relationships is based on a naivete, only seeing loving relationships and thinking that you could turn somebody and make them healthy and that you could fix them. And, um, you know, there was this, you know, cycle of seduction that would take place. And I think too, a lot of people can't get away because they do fear for their lives because their lives are in danger or they're financially abused and they don't have any means to get away. So there are lots of different reasons. And it's the same kind of bonding that goes on in any extreme situation. That's why band of brothers in a military operation are all bound together because they were in these extreme situations together. And that, that has a way of bonding people, cementing people in ways that they... They don't get other ways. And so you have all these things going on, Susan. Does that make sense? No. No? Yes. No? <laughs> Am I interrupting something? Yeah. 
You okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You just suddenly terminated this conversation. <laughs> what, what's going on? <laughs> I feel really bad. Why? I didn't hear what you said. Okay. What I said was that in a, what Robbie was talking about how sometimes it's just being naive and feeling like you can yes, fix people. It was. And I said that it's also the kind of bonding that people get in extreme situations like people in a war together that glues them together. When you have a near-death experience around right. somebody, even if they're the source of it, right. you, they, you still get bound to them. Right. And so it's this conflicted thing. They're the source of the the terror and they're the source of everything you want at the same time so it kind of feeds on itself yeah i'm i'm feeling a little queasy thinking about it okay so that's why you're ignoring us Yay. yeah okay had enough but thank you okay you can go see robbie okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. let's talk about screens right. too intense. That help with it's getting too darkness. intense over here i'm all for that <laughs> 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 let's use my beauty for a while to uh, entice um no i no, I really appreciate it. I get it. I what she said, I did hear. Yours, okay. I, okay. Well, yeah, I just you, hope we're not. I don't like to personalize everything in a show, but no, I. No, but it's interesting. But I, but I, but what interests me is how you know. I always wonder why people stay together when they're in these horrible, toxic relationships, yeah. and and how it can get this bad, and yeah. and how a woman doesn't come out with any abuse during the time it happens and waits. And then when they do, they have to go back and, and prove it. It's, it, it's extremely, they don't see it when you're for, in it. You don't yeah, see it yeah. as much. You don't you see kind it, of and, talk it away and, and, and say, Oh, yeah. he had a bad day or she had a bad day. Yeah. And only afterwards, when you begin to look at your life more objectively, can you see, some of the behaviors that were really off that you didn't notice while you were in it, in part probably due to survival and protection. Or you have somebody explain it to you like Dr. Drew, and then you go, oh, wow, I can't believe I was That's doing right. that. Yeah. That's right. Also, but also yeah. it's, it's extremely confusing for humans to, for, to have the, the person that they are attached to to be the source of the distress and the satisfaction, you know what I mean? The good and the bad coming from one person. It's extremely mm -hmm. problematic. Yeah. How do you resolve that? You you, you can't really, you, you know, it's you, mm -hmm. you get out um, or the person changes. Uh, it's just that that's it. Those are your only two choices really. Yeah, but for some women it's too late. They don't get out and then they're dead. That's just the way it goes. Correct. That you know, is, that and that's what's the, sad. And there's and there's not really good protection for them in, either, which always has bothered me. But that's another well, show. There's, there's yeah. a, there, we could do some with some of the domestic violence people. I mean, there, there is stuff out there. Well, there, yeah, like you're really you're really beautiful, and you you call the police, and then they go, we can't do anything, and but, then the next thing Susan, you know, you're like dead. Like you said, because you, they don't trust you. And, you the, oftentimes, people don't get out when they should, and that's the that's the hard part. And then some men are also abused too. I know that, and I know that women can, you know. Uh, cause a lot of grief for men when they don't do anything. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a it's a tough situation. It's you know, these sick um, relationships. It's, it's really sad. I've been yeah. there, so I can totally yeah. understand it. I got really lucky. I met Drew, and he explained it to yeah. me, and then the rest was history. So and, uh, I got yeah. Go, yeah, go you find yourself an internist. And he got lucky. <laughs> he, he I did. He saved my well, life. Right? I'm pretty sure. He saved my life a few times now, so I owe him. Oh, you owe me. That's good. So you get the good we'll, we'll talk about award, that. Dr. Drew. So, yeah. Wow. Don't, it, 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 Maybe, just in the present yes. moment. 
<laughs> it could be. It could be. It well, could that's be, good though. It could be a flip. It's a present moment. Yeah, that's well, I'll take it. So uh, yeah, I'll take the present moment. That's so funny. Well, Robbie, thank you for spending some time with us. Again, Bite Size is the uh, podcast, B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E. -E. The website is drrobbyludwig, drrobbyludwig. Kayla, can we put, there you go. There's her a podcast and her website and everything. Thank you. Uh, check it out. You see uh, why I've been uh, connected, Robbie, for many years now. And we've been doing stuff for a long time. Oh, I know. And um, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll keep doing so. And uh, stay in touch and I'll come maybe do your podcast, okay? I would love that. I would love that. So right. we'll, we'll make great. a date in the future. Fair Bye. Enough. Thanks, Robbie. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. God bless you. Listening. And thank you all, Susan. Thank you for telling your story. And thank she's you. She's so smart. She's, she's good. Yeah. She's, she's a smart one. Psy D. Psy D is a very good training. I, yeah. I, I love Psy Ds. They're clinically so astute. When I was freaking um, out about the, the, uh, the guy who sanded the floor, left the, left the plastic off the wall. And yes. Now there's a coat of dust on all my furniture yes. in the living room. She she just she showed sympathy to me, and I felt better. <laughs> Who showed sympathy? She Robbie. Goes, yeah, oh, yeah, she was great. Her oh, voice yeah. was very calming, and and then she said, "Why don't people do their job right?" <laughs> I go, "I've been saying that for weeks." <laughs> right. That's no, right. she's not. She's really nice. I yep. like her. I'm yep. glad that um, Michelle set that up. And we appreciate uh, you guys on Restream and over on Rumble and everyone. And it was else you're a watching. good. We we had a really good. Um, good week. Group of people here today. I'm really happy with the um, the shows getting a little bit of traction. Tell a friend, you know, share if you care. We we love your comments and you know even the crazy ones. But um, we appreciate everybody on the uh, stream for making the show what it is. And we're happy to take uh, guest recommendations. If you have people who want you'd like us to go, you know, book, we are happy to consider it. So send that at contact at drdrew.com. Uh, don't forget After Dark and don't forget uh, the Adam and Drew podcast. These things are uh, out there all at drdrew.com. And uh, we will wrap this show up and see you again on Tuesday at 3 o'clock as it stands. So Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Are we'll... we, we're not doing Monday? Uh, no, I can't do Monday. Okay. No, can't do it. But, uh, but. <laughs> We could do an. We could do just a uh, a dose tomorrow if you wanted to. No, we're not doing it. You're dose. you're doing it. No, I'm not doing okay. it. Okay, okay. So yeah, next thing I do is Tuesday. <laughs> I don't even remember how to. Well, do actually, that. I could do. I don't know. We have to ask our our producer in uh, Alabama. I could do. I could do one thirty on Monday, Caleb. Monday, one trend. Just an ask, Doctor Drew. With yeah. Let me, let me, let me uh -oh. ask the baby. Let me check on that. All right, we'll think about it. Okay, but, the but baby it, will let us know. It'd have to be early, uh, and we'll just do Q&A and stuff. Yeah, of thing. We, like, we like the ask shows. Okay. That everybody likes to get on these shows. Okay, so. we can think about that. We want to take more callers since it's called Ask Dr. Drew. Okay, fair enough. And uh, everybody, we'll see you either Monday or Tuesday, depending on how we schedule ourselves. <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Sorry about the live scheduling. Ta-ta. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800 
273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com slash help. Uh, give me another drop, just so I know what's uh, on the on the uh, what ammunition you have there to sort of throw at me. Bladder full of cum. Oh, that's good. Yep. Um, give, me, give me another one. You want more, dude? Yeah, I do. I wonder, what, I wonder what the hell's out there. Uh, <laughs> the penis is a sensitive organ. Mm. True. Mm, true. It true. Is, it, is. it is. Yeah, it is. That is medically accurate. <laughs> <laughs>